0: For so many of us, we just want what's best for ourselves, our relationship, and our family. Yet, whether some don't want us to achieve this outcome, or they just don't agree with the way we're doing it, we can get to a point where the pressure is causing us to be at odds with the very people that we're supposed to be doing life with. Tom and Kim Walpole know this pressure all too well, but instead of being crushed by it, or divided the health and grace that they've chosen day in and day out has allowed for them to have victory in their amazing blended family listen in on how they've navigated this process and you're going to want to take some notes because they are throwing out some gems welcome to blended I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. So if you guys can take a minute to get into how you guys have achieved the state of your family, like how you guys
1: got blended. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having us and talking with us. We're excited to share what we can. And, you know, hopefully people can learn from our experience. Certainly would have loved to have this podcast, uh, you know, (laughs) when we were getting into all of this. Uh, So we've been married for 10 years. um, And, Both each of us um, were married before and have kids from previous marriages. Kim brought along two to our little Brady bunch, and I had one child from a previous marriage. And so, together, there's five of us. Um, Yeah, anything you want to add to that?
0: No,
2: I think that's succinct. Right on point.
0: Awesome. That is how you guys achieved the blend. Um, So, again, when it comes to like this topic of, us versus them it's it is such a, a frequent experience within the blended family because there are so many opportunities to be offended whether with one another as a married couple whether you're getting offended with you know your own child as they're navigating this stuff alongside you one another's children as we're navigating how to operate as a step parent, and let's not even get started on the exes. You know, what I mean, that's uh, honestly the, the challenge. There's are a plethora of challenges. So, as far as you guys' experience, and you guys can talk personally. I'm sure you guys have discussed this together. But like, what has been probably one of the greater sources of resistance that you've experienced as you guys have worked toward? um, blending your families together as well as just like doing your marital relationship?
1: It's a really good question. Um, and I mean, you're right. Like there's just a lot of other additional dynamics that we have. We didn't even realize we would be dealing with when we decided to get married and, um, and in, in some areas, it's been, there's, there have been definitely challenges. And in other areas, we feel really blessed to not have challenges that others face. Um, Kim's side, the, the kids that she brought in were a little older. So they were um, just getting out of high school. And, and then from my side, um, our youngest was uh, like six, yeah. around there. Um, so we had a little one and two kind of older ones. And I think that was a positive because the older ones just were mature enough to like be comfortable to a certain degree, um, and open to having a little one running around. And, and I think it it made the blending smooth.
2: Yeah. We always felt like it was easy. We were really fortunate. Um, in the blend itself, you know, from, from our, I guess our, our little immediate family that we had created. Um, so I think that was something that we always felt like,
1: Oh, we're
2: so lucky that we don't have conflict.
1: Right. Like the siblings all got along. Yeah. And still, you know, and so we felt really blessed about that. The resistance, the big resistance, probably the number one challenge has been with, um, my ex, and just the, the co-parenting, having to do that, and, you know, pretty much everything that you can possibly imagine um, has been a challenge there. So that's, that's probably, you know, what we want to dive into.
2: Yeah, high <laughs> conflict, I would say, for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, can you specify, because although you guys are experiencing just familiar resistance as far as, like, the same person, whatever's directed... Toward One of you is likely directed toward the both of you, but because of your perspective, obviously, Kim, you're trying to function as a step-parent, and that can be so challenging because you almost want to come into it humbly, um, and you want to like respect the authority that they have considering um, the role, but at the same time, it's necessary to assume authority and be assertive so that you can operate as you should. So from your perspective um, concerning Tom's ex, like what was your challenge um, in um, stepping into your role as well as supporting your husband?
2: Well, I think for me, it right off the bat, it was a hostile environment there. Um, And I think I came into the situation Um, you know, with my own paradigm, right? Like I had um, parents who were divorced when I was young and, you know, while they had had conflict, of course, uh, through their divorce, they both made it really easy for us as kids to engage on both sides. You know, like my mom was super supportive of my dad, um, would push us to engage with him. Um, You know, he would call and then they became, you know, they, you know, were friends, family, friends from when they were kids. And so then we stayed, you know, friends, even our families. Um, So I had this mental model of what a blended family should look like. And it never occurred to me that there would be hostility, um, you know, between myself and Tom's ex. It just never occurred to me. I thought I'm going to be the easiest, you know, (laughs) stepmom ever because I get it. And I've had the blessing of, you know, having, having had parents that were, supportive of one another um, and my relationship on both sides. So I think that was the, the most difficult thing for me was recognizing that nothing that I could do or nothing that I could say was going to change or alleviate um, you know, the, the tension that was going to be there. Um, and I certainly tried. <laughs> what
0: are some of the things that you can recall? that you like literally try to do to, to make things easier for, for her, you know, situation.
2: Well, initially, you know, I was like, Oh, let's get together. We can talk and you're going to talk to me and you're going to realize I'm not trying to be, um, you know, mommy to this child. I certainly know my place. I'm not looking to usurp your authority. In fact, you know, you're an active, um, you know, mom. So there, there's really no reason, um, I think I thought the more love the merrier that was always you know kind of my paradigm or my perspective um, and so it's you know right off the bat when we met it was clear that that this wasn't going to be a amicable relationship I
1: remember one <laughs> this was maybe before we were married yeah. but I remember one scenario where I went to pick up our oh. little one and this was, probably one of the first times um, my ex had met Kim mm-hmm. and she came running out of the house uh, like just on fuming on fire, basically saying, you know, intending to prevent us from taking um, the kid, you know, even though it was my time, my turn, my visitation. And um, you know, when, when that wasn't going to be, you know, we weren't going to have that. So we were going to, you know, take, take, take advantage of your time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, so instead she's like, well, you know, give you need to give me your phone number or something like that. Yeah. Like
2: she ran out to the car yeah. and was like, give me your phone number. I said, I'm sorry. I don't even know you. <laughs> I won't be giving you my phone number today, but I appreciate your, you know, like,
1: and it was it was it just so a, bizarre. An example of, you know, not not like, hey, let's collaborate. Like I, Kim totally would be open to sharing her phone number. It's it's not about that. It's the way that it was approached and the hostility and the need for control, you know, in hindsight. Well she said we, we, we
2: weren't allowed to take the child unless they had all of my contact information <laughs> and I It wasn't, again, it would have been so fine had it just been a conversation, but it was an interrogation and hostile and controlling. It was so so strange. Never expected anything And then from
1: there, I mean, things just got worse over time to the point where at one point, you know, she wouldn't even acknowledge that Kim and, you know, the two kids that she brought into the family even existed. So my ex would not acknowledge that they existed. Like to I can't even still like wrap my brain (laughs) around that. Like to pretend that these people actually don't exist is actually how she was behaving towards us. And like how I don't know how (laughs) actually how can you actually do that, right? Like, um like there's a person right there, I see him. Like Or if we were in
2: front of one another. Right. She would Look through me,
1: right? And, and pretend pretend that, that I wasn't was there. Is and the, the real challenge, and, and we kind of got used to that. But the real challenge became then when our kid starts modeling that behavior, right. you know, which is what kids do, um, and that absolutely what created a lot of conflict.
0: Yeah, and I, I was just going to say, you can only totally imagine. Obviously, you guys are getting the brunt of that. That is no fun as adults, and it's hard to wrap your mind around. But to uh, consider the detriment you know, that does to the child is unspeakable and you can only do so much of, you know, handling the collateral damage that your hands are almost tied to a degree. Um, And again, a lot of, a lot of families face exactly that. That's not like a foreign situation. It sounds very extreme. Um, and it's been 10 years and how would you say things have either progressed? You said it's gotten worse, but, um, has that changed by any means or any adulthood uh, kind of kick
1: in at some point? No, no. Okay. as bad as it ever was. I think,
2: I think it, it yeah. escalates. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you've introduced your listening audience to, you know, this idea of parental alienation, but that's really what it's turned into. Um, and so that's been a, a huge concern because we're, Initially, we were like, you know, we're taking the high road. We're only going to do what's right and, you know, keep the main thing, the main thing, which is the child. Um,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm an engineer. And so my approach was when, when we got divorced, we ha- we settled the divorce with a marital settlement agreement that defined how custody should be, um, you know, the rules of engagement, basically. And And I feel like that is the document when we can't as humans communicate and make decisions and agree through conversation and collaboration, which is the first rule of the document says, you need to find a way to co-parent together. That's the first rule. Then there's a bunch of stuff in the event that you can't, then here's, here are the rules that you have to follow. And so we've kind of taken the approach of, okay, we're going to, we're going to try to co-parent first and foremost. We're going to try to just work together with this person and come to decisions to the best that we can together to maintain our authority to stay out of the courts. It's very expensive. It's not fun, um, to do all those things. Um, but when that fails, then we have, you know, at least a backup plan. The challenge from the get go was she wasn't willing to play by those rules at all and so const- we were constantly having to deal with her breaking the rules making doctors appointments without telling us putting you know our kid on on certain drugs um birth control um different things without us finding out until later and like all of those like co-parenting 101 kind of stuff that she was violating and also this hostility towards us, like those two things together, like made it really, really hard to function. When Kim talks about this idea of parental alienation, that's in hindsight, looking back, we realized that's what was happening, right? It was like taking away any authority that we have as parents through the eyes of the the child and removing that from the equation. And so it renders us as parents, like ineffective.
2: For me, you know, I spent a lot of time reading things like okay, um, because in our home, right, we're the parental unit, even though it, on paper um, I, I don't have say, right. So, it, it in the big decisions, there's only a conversation that happens between Tom and I, and then there's the, um, you know, if there's going to be interaction, then it's between um, you know the mom. And Tom, which is totally fine. And, you know, again, I think from my perspective, I was like, okay, that they're the, um, you know, the decision-making unit, I guess, um, on on kind of more of a higher level. But I think what it really did was undermine any authority that Tom would have in our home in relation to, you know, his child. So it was constantly second-guessing or like, no, that's not what my mom said. Or my, my mom said, you can't do that. Or... You know and so yeah that was a challenge and has been continues to be important
0: yeah so you guys just even because when the co-parenting factor a lot of people don't know that it's not just something that you do when you're exchanging the child that's not it really? um, it's it's also happening when the child is in your home although your, your culture may be different you literally operate differently you're still the child to a degree is being held accountable to both parents, regardless of whether they're in the presence of one or the other. Yeah, obviously that's compromised um, in the blended family situation when the child's going from one place to another. But like when that thing is disjointed, um, it does create chaos. It really does. So for for yourself, Tom, like as again, you know, as a man naturally with that comes pride. So you're, you're operating in your marriage relationship, which is number one. Um, and then you, you're trying to, you know, formulate your family and get your, your, uh, how you operate together. Like how, so how was that, that resistance, this source of resistance? How, how how did that affect
1: you personally? You feel? Um, I mean, it sucks. you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, I felt caught in the middle, you know, it's like, I'm a pleaser. And so I had to navigate that, that I can't, you know, this is definitely a scenario where I can't please everyone. I want to please my kid, I want to please my wife, I want to, you know, avoid conflict with my ex wife. Um, And so there, there was no easy solution to all of those demands on me. Um so I, I definitely felt kind of caught in the middle and just trying to do the best that I can and that you know not not being as effective as I would hope that it would be. Um and so that was that was tough, you know, you, you feel like defeated, you feel ineffective, you feel I don't know, it's it's definitely a challenge. Um and frustrating. Um, certainly, like having, I felt like my hands were tied when it came to parenting my kid. Uh, you know, that I would find out after the fact that decisions were made and
2: switching you know, schools. Right, changing things like, like
1: crazy stuff. Right? It's just, um, and I, so I didn't have the authority to speak into these things. I, I had to adapt my life and my family's life was affected by these other decisions that I had no control over. Um, you know, and, and then having to find a way to like, try to change that behavior of my ex, you know, to be like, Hey, to, to get her to recognize like, this is going to have detrimental effects on our, kid if you keep doing stuff like this. And you know, we've tried so many things over the years to try to get her to understand. And it just, I don't think we ever really found a, a, an effective way to to get that behavior to stop. It just continues to happen. And I've tried, you know, everything I can think of.
2: Well, maybe one example, as I think about this actually is, um, and maybe the result of this type of behavior from, Parent on either side, right? I mean, we're certainly not saying that it's it's a mom thing, Um, just must be in this case. Um, But was we were disciplining um, the child at our home, and by disciplining, it was you don't get to use Wi-Fi, you know, past eleven o'clock kind of conversation, right? Um, Nothing beyond. Like this was a conversation, and they, you know, just got really upset ran out to a friend's house, called the mom, the mom came, picked up, you know, and we were like, had no idea for some time where the child was. And so, you know, I, th- I think that what it does is, you know, just undermine credibility and all of those things. And, and so that was really a stuff. Yeah.
0: And uh, like, again, in this circumstance, or uh, I've learned because I have a stepdaughter and we share custody. Like yeah. they, this allows for them to operate as a chameleon. Like yeah. they can be one way with one party and oh. something entirely different with another party. Um, and it it's heartbreaking. It's tough. Yeah. Um, and what it also does is it places strain on you guys' relationship. So I want to ask you guys, like obviously I strongly believe that you guys are functioning victors. Not only are you guys like, You're loving your family to the very best of your ability. You guys literally work together. So you guys see each other like every day. Um, And it's not like you guys are running in opposite directions and just, just coming together when it's necessary. Like you guys are doing life together. Um, But without a doubt, um, your circumstance has threatened your, your relationship, whether the quality of it or just you guys being together at all, you know? So what, had like what did this create in you guys' relationship whenever you felt as if you were on different pages or pitted
1: against one another for the most part I'd say we haven't let that come between us um, we've recognized when when there's potential for that you know I think early on there was there was a time where Kim, as the step-parent, was completely powerless and, you know, in some respects is. I I transfer a lot of my authority to her. I, I try my best to include her in, in any decisions that we make. Um, any Anytime I get, you know, messaging from my ex, I pull Kim in, even though my ex won't, still won't acknowledge that Kim is a person. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I just... Ignore that. Um, so I try my best to include her, but there definitely is, from her perspective, this feeling of powerlessness in in this part of the relationship. And
2: I think for me, it's well, responsibility without authority. Yeah, that's the family. Yeah,
1: that's a great way to describe it. And I, as the co-parent, um, I do have some, you know, I, I have, I don't have my, my authority has kind of been, I feel like taken away from me. So I don't, I'm often am not participating in some of these major life decisions for our child, but I am still a co-parent and I still have the, you know, I can text my ex, I can call my ex, I can go to her house. I can, you know, I can apply strategies to try to navigate this where Kim can't even do that. At least I have the ability to be present in that relationship and take action. Um, and then I think where it has come you know, between us in the relationship is that when I do take action and we don't get results, then it becomes extremely frustrating between both Kim and I because we're not seeing the results that we want to see. Kim can't do anything about it. She's left to depend on me to do whatever I'm gonna do. And when we don't get any kind of results, it's really, really hard.
2: You and know? he bears the weight of all of that, which is hence, it's really, yeah. really intense for him to have to sit uh, you know, in the in that seat. I know his personality would be much more like, let's all come to the table, including, you know, the the new husband and all those things. Let's all have a conversation because we are authority figures. We don't even have to use the word parents. Um, But because that's not the way that it is, I think it's, you know, while sometimes I get frustrated and feel like, you know, I don't have a seat at the table, but I'm responsible for, you know, making sure that things run smoothly and held accountable for that. I also have. to stop and recognize like, Oh, right. I can't put any more pressure on him. It's just,
1: So there would be times where I would feel like, you know, Kim saying, well, if if I were in the driver's seat, I would have handled that differently kind of thing. And it, so there was, you know, we kind of went through phases with that dynamic where in the beginning we recognized, okay, this is, this is causing some strain on our relationship. Like for her to be resentful, to, because she doesn't have the ability to be in the driver's seat. Um,
2: I don't think it, for me it was a driver's seat. It was just a voice at the table.
1: Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Right. like I didn't
2: need to drive. I was like, my perspective just was never taken into consideration.
1: And so for a while there, you know, it would just be like, okay, this is like, no, we don't talk about this. <laughs> you know, like this is, these are landmines in our relationship. Let's not go there kind of thing. And everything's fine. Right. But that obviously doesn't work long term. <laughs> So we had to get to a point where, you know, we, we accepted and respected each other's roles in this and, and, you know, it is what it is. And we, we, I think fundamentally truly love and respect each other, even though we have different ways of solving problems and we see this in our work environment as well. Uh, We both can be successful through wildly different means yeah. Um, and we respect that about each other. And I think that's, that's something that prevailed in that dynamic, which was, you know, okay, she knows that I have good intentions that I'm trying to do the right thing, even though it may not happen the way that mm-hmm. she would expect it to happen. And I know that as long as I'm, you know, fighting for that higher ground, I'm going to have that support mm-hmm. regardless of, you know, the hurt feelings that happen in a moment of time overall that plays out, you know, overall that.
2: And I think we've gotten significantly like over time, just gotten better and better at it. So that yes. now it's like, I, it's much less at play where, you know, he makes a decision or whatever and, and we'll say, Oh, I had to in the moment. And I'm like, no, I get it. So I, you know, we've adapted. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And obviously, you know, landmines, that's a learning process. Like you learn where they're placed, you know, and obviously some of them are a bit more potent than others. Um, So you do this dance of figuring each other, learning each other, learning, you know, you know, the, the entire scenario circumstance, like getting the clarity as to what it is and what it will potentially be moving forward. So how, how long would you say, um, for those listening, for context, uh, it took to figure each other's landmines and how to to navigate this together, learning each other and also like adapting to your situation together.
2: I think we our one of our strengths have always been like a high level of communication. So I don't think it took us long. I think it was more moving from like the conversation into um and I would say that it was probably more incumbent on me to have to deal with the emotion um, through that. So, and I think that there's ebbs and flows. Like we could go, you know, six, eight, nine months and nothing, and then something will come up and I'll feel like, oh man, I think I've shifted from, and, and this is probably due to Tom consistently being supportive of me and my perspective in all of this and cutting me down was like, okay, I really do trust. Like, yeah, that hurt my feelings. And it was a bummer that, you know, whatever happened. um, But I, especially related to, you know, his co-parenting situation, I think we have come to a much more, um, you know, yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it stings sometimes. But it's like, now it's, I go to him for some hugs and some love and some like, affirmation, like, you know, rather than, you know, when we first started kind of feeling unsure of what that was like.
1: For me, um, it's hard to put it in terms of time, but I can put it in terms of like incidents, you know, um, incidents with the ex um, and, you know, how I've handled those. And I've had to, you know, make a personality change to some degree um, in that, you know, my default response, I'd say that my ex is very high conflict and I'm very low conflict. It's true. Um, so I tend that. to avoid <laughs> things. I tend to like take the path of least resistance and the path of least conflict, uh, which is not always the best, really. It really is not. Yeah. In fact,
2: long-term ramifications there. Like
1: you you need to, and that's like what I'm saying about personality change. I've I've had to learn and, and having Kim's support in this has been really powerful to be able to step up, engage in some conflict, um, stand up for what we think is right. And and, set
2: boundaries. I think kindly, like just kind in general. Um, but I also maybe just to jump in, I think, there was also, we always say, we've we, we often felt held hostage. Um, and so when we think about some of this, I think his personality is really easygoing. And, and to me, it felt you know, like guilty father syndrome. Like we would have his kid come in and it was like the, the entire world stopped while we were having visitation. Um, and And that, I think over the long term, um, we had to kind of learn like we need this to be a consistent family dynamic not just you know oh yeah you're here what do you want to do how do you want to do it what do you you know it, there we spent a lot of time um i think especially in the earlier years trying to accommodate everything um and make it you know on the plate rather than like focusing maybe more on um the trying to be consistent across homes because we knew that there was conflict there. And, you know, Tom may see it differently, but I think because we knew that we couldn't, or, or even, I shouldn't even say we, he couldn't get buy-in into, I remember one time, you know, they had had a conversation around like, how can we make a consistent um, environment or provide a consistent environment, you know, between both houses? Because, you know, obviously we both love our kids and you know yeah. i think that there are things that we can do that can make it feel um, like less jarring to go from one place to another um, and, and and there really just was no no interest i think from yeah, the other party in that part. in that vein so well, then it was like we were constantly fighting against this idea of you know this alienation piece and trying to make it fun and 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 engaging and desirable for Um, For his kid to want to come over, and
0: that's a natural.
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) it is a natural response. It is, and uh, honestly, when um, you feel as if you don't have a whole lot of favor, you kind of want to make your environment Disneyland. Totally right. But good memories, we have a good time. Like you can't say that this is a negative or a detrimental experience over here. So as far as how this has translated to like your ability to parent, I'm not sure if you guys, what your perspective was going into marriage um, into your relationship, but the priority that is your relationship, not necessarily versus, but that coming before um, the priority of operating as a parent, Mm had that shifted for you guys over time, like knowing and understanding that, you guys need to be in unison, on the same page, uh, same expectations in order for you guys to be good and for your family to be good as
1: well. I think for me, I wouldn't say it necessarily shifted. I think we always went into the marriage prioritizing the relationship at the top. I think that it went from more from like an unknown to a more of a known quantity where we didn't really know what that meant. We didn't know what it means to prioritize our relationship to have to make decisions about, you know, to be stuck to to make a decision that's going to be, you know, have an effect on your wife and then have some contrary effect on your kid and have to reconcile those two things. Mm -hmm. Um, That, that is what, what became known to us and no learning how to work, work through that stuff together. And I think, I think we really have, because when you prioritize the relationship, then you have a team now, you know, Kim and I, who typically have very different perspectives on things, equal, both equally valid perspectives, us approaching this as a team, you know, really has been beneficial for me in terms of, you know, parenting, parenting our kid like it's just made it I, I couldn't have done it by myself you know I just wouldn't have been nearly as successful and not saying that we're, success is a process um, but you know definitely has had its benefits of choosing to prioritize that relationship above everything
2: yeah I think that you know Tom's a great dad so with or without me he was going to be a great dad um, but I think we give each other a lot of confidence, um, you know, and check each other and, and we like it. So, uh, you know, I think for both of us, Tom hit the nail on the head when he said, look, we both recognize that we've both been, you know, successful in our own rights. We, we get things done in our own rights. And so even though we approach things differently, we have a ton of respect for one another. Um, in, in that unique approach. So I'm always like, you would do what? That's wild. Okay, walk me through that you know, <laughs> and vice versa because I just don't think that way. Um, so we have esteem for one another as like humans. And then, you know, that's foundational. And then beyond that is like, I just think it's brilliant and smart and interesting. You know what I mean? Like when I think about him as a person, I'm I'm impressed by him as a person. And then by my husband, I see the application You know, behind closed doors, and so I don't know. I I don't. I've never felt like. Thankfully, um, we've been negatively affected. um, You know, as as a marriage, yes, we've dealt with some rough things. You know, and have had some pretty.
1: We haven't been negatively.
2: No, we have not. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I don't feel like we have. I. I definitely think we've you know navigated some rough seas together, but we always seem to. I think we started with a core um, you know core respect for one
1: another. I think also a, a factor here is both of us coming from previous marriages yeah. and really, really you know passionately wanting to maintain this marriage. like we don't ever want to go through some of the stuff that we've gone through in the past and and I think that you know, gives us a perspective together that helps. What would you say the value is
0: in your kids seeing you guys do well, like flirt with one another, you guys are still getting along. And even though like they may not be absolutely familiar with everything that you guys are experiencing, all the resistance that may be present at any given time, but just to see you guys doing well, what
1: would you say the value is? in that I mean I think that is as intrinsic value you know hopefully hopefully they they see you know that good relationships can persist
2: and have an example of what that looks like yeah you know I think we're pretty transparent and what you see out in the world (laughs) out in the wild (laughs) is what you get you know behind closed doors and that for me with my kids, you know, in particular, um, and, and I would say you probably feel the same, um, is we see the consistency, you know, on my side that they didn't see previously. Um, and I think that they learn hopefully, you know, fingers crossed how to be, um, what, a, what a healthy relationship looks like.
1: Right. They really yeah. can be seen. I mean, none of them are married yet. So come on. Yeah.
2: waiting
0: (laughs) it's exciting upcoming (laughs) yeah and how has as you you as a step-parent tom um how have like what you've experienced with your ex and with your child has that impacted and just like how is that ultimately played into how you operate as a step-parent
1: yeah it's a really good question and i i don't really know i mean i know that it has affected right? Like to see Kim's experience and to know that I don't want that experience, but the dynamics are very different. So their dad lives in a different state um, and isn't hostile. You yeah. <laughs> so know, it's, it's a much, it's, it's a less. Like he less- actually
2: thanks Tom but, for stepping in. And- yeah.
1: Right. Right. And you know, there's much, much less interaction because they're grown and Mm -hmm. he's in another state. So very little interaction. He did fly out here once. And so we got to in person and uh, it was, it was not bad, (laughs) definitely not bad. Um, And so I think my experience has been wildly different as a step parent than Kim's. Um, I love those guys and I want them to flourish. I never felt that I need to be their dad. I know I need to step in and be their dad. I didn't want to, but at the same time, I did want to have influence. I want. I, I do want them to see how I am, and you know, rub off on them a little bit. I, I hope to think that I have. Um, and so it. Yeah, my experience has been. Much much better, fortunately. Well,
2: and they also have parents that support Tom's role in yeah, in our true. family, and so you know they have their their experience with him is un, unhindered by um, you know conflict in the background, right. right? So they don't feel like, oh man, if I'm friends with or if I enjoy my time with Tom, that's somehow um i am taking away right from um, right and they're not made to feel that way thank god i really appreciate that about my ex um so yeah i mean i think it's just a, an extremely different
0: yeah um, yeah what piece of advice do you feel could have made a fairly significant difference if you guys had it going into your relationship and as you guys worked toward blending your, your families together. I mean,
1: with respect to dealing with my ex, you know, certainly knowing about this concept of parental alienation and how to navigate and work against that, those forces. Had I known that early on, that probably would have changed things. Um, Yeah. So that's one very practical thing. I think more, in, in general, more um, like don't have expectations. You know, I think that our culture, our culture creates these expectations in us. When we become parents, when we get married, we become parents, you know, you, you have all of these expectations for your kids um, that even if everything goes well, You know, with your family and and you don't have any major family issues like divorce or anything like that, even if everything goes well, those expectations are rarely met. You know, you think your kid's going to grow up and be president or something like that or go to, you know, a prestigious school or whatever it is, whatever those hopes and dreams you have, it's okay to have those hopes and dreams, but don't let them become expectations. Um, Yeah. Then throw a wrench in it like you got divorced and then remarried, like... (laughs) throw those expectations like out the door down the street, like just completely let go of them because there now are so many forces at work that you just, you can't, you cannot predict what's going to happen. And I think don't go in with an expectation, go in with an open mind and, and with a strategy for, you know, how, Re- rearing your kids so that they can navigate this world, um, and then watch them flourish instead of hoping that they're going to be something, and then you know dealing with the disappointment of them that not happening for whatever
0: reason. Yeah, that's good. Anything from yourself, Kim? What would you say if you were to give a piece of advice to two individuals on that you know are coming from a similar um, scenario of, as you guys, and they're working toward? blending either what needs to be established upfront or what piece of advice do you think would make the difference in their, their experience?
2: Well, I've often thought retrospectively, right. And a lot <laughs> You think you're going to have the answers prospectively. And usually, you know, you turn back around and you're like, man, if we would have done XYZ, and we really don't know what the outcome of that would have been. But I do have some hypotheses, you know. Yeah. I do have an apost- some hypotheses here. Um, and so, you know, one of them is that we were so concerned with not rocking the boat and losing time with, um, you know, Max's kid that. There were a lot of decisions that we made. Um, it, it consumed the bulk of you know our headspace uh, in many seasons, and I think retrospectively I would change that. I think that you know having one kid, whatever dramas associated there, um, and, and bringing that to the forefront of the entire family, and having that as like you know a a, um, a constant over a long period of time. Uh, I think that was probably the biggest thing that I would have changed. You know, I, I think back to my younger self and I'm like, you know what? All of these things have their place and all of them are, you know, are important. And some at different times are more important than others. But I think in our family, we were fortunate enough to have gracious older kids that, you know, were willing to navigate that with us and not you know, not be bitter or anything like that. But I realized that there was a lot of time and space and effort that was consumed by a lot of this drama that really didn't need to be. Um, and whether yeah. it was discussions just amongst ourselves about what we think and how to navigate and, and things like that. And I'm like, man, you know, the other kids had to absorb, you know, that. And yeah, I, w- I would certainly have changed that.
0: Yeah. No, that's a really good point. It's, uh, it's hard not to give power time and energy to the things that are demanding power time, and energy. So that's really good. Thank you guys so much. I honestly, like, again, if you guys imagine, uh, hearing this interview as you guys, you know, a week after you got married, how prepared (laughs) would you have been, um, and that's literally the experience of so many people that are going to listen in and hear the gems and take it to heart because you guys have a real story and you guys have faced some real adversity. But you guys have also prospered. And again, most couples don't work together. <laughs> so you guys are at another level. This is another echelon of success.
2: I do want to say that, you know, we're talking about a challenging topic, but it's certainly not the the culmination of like we are family and love yeah. our family like crazy. Um, and maybe yeah. I just need to say that to, to remind myself as we're having this conversation. I am like oh, we're highlighting you know the, the the biggest the most painful moments I think of our experience
1: yeah. not all moments. Have been I think painful. the
2: fact that we have always held our family, even when in our conversations internally and and with our kids, you know how important family is to us and what that looks like. Um, I think that that's what's kept us, you know yeah. all these years
0: absolutely and that's why i refer to you guys as functioning victors like you guys are victorious honestly um i know i know your people and they are fantastic (laughs) and you guys are they're a reflection of you guys and just the again everything that you've given so thank you guys so much this is good stuff i'm excited for you guys uh in the next 10 years it's gonna be amazing thanks so much
2: thanks for having us
0: Thanks for tuning in and please take a moment to hit me with that honest rate and review and then subscribe so you don't miss out on any of this blended goodness. It's going down again next Wednesday, but until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.